Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Um, breakfast this morning is sponsored in loving memory of Ruth Jerome. Shalom Nishmat Ruth Bat Farida. Sponsored by his son Joey Jerome. As well, breakfast is sponsored by Stephen Rapport in honor of Joseph Safra. Okay, Baruch. As well, tonight we want to give a shout out to uh, our screening tonight. We're going to be screening this amazing film called Hidden tonight in the synagogue at 7.30. Fadal, everyone's welcome to come with a question and answer session afterwards with G. Orman, the, uh, the producer and director of this amazing film. <clears throat> Rabotai, there's something in the Torah called Simuchot. Now, I always found this to be such an interesting idea. You know, I remember once thinking to myself, if I had to communicate to my children before I passed away, I had to communicate a couple pieces of advice. What would the advice I would give my children be? What would it be? Torah. Torah, that's your one bit of advice? You just say Torah? How do you say it? What do you say and how do you say it? It's very complicated. So I imagine to myself, imagine Hasra Shalom, I was on my deathbed. I'm 119 years old. My birthday is coming up. I'm almost 120, right? I know I'm going to, you know, it's only a little bit of time left, right? My contract has just run out with the synagogue. They wrote it to one day, 120 years old, right? And here I am about to pass away. And I've got these bits of advice I want to communicate to my kids. But I know that the world that my kids are going to grow up in is going to be so different than the one that I grew up in. My children, my grandchildren, the world is so rapidly changing today that every 10 years, the world, the landscape, <clears throat> it looks like something else. And in order to understand this, I always say, imagine looking backwards 10 years. 10 years ago, it's not a, short, not a long time, 2009. But you think about all these companies that are now mainstream. You don't imagine life without Uber. Amazon. You know, Amazon, they didn't exist. Never mind they weren't dominant. They didn't exist. You know, it's, it's crazy, 10 years ago. Now, <clears throat> that's how it works. Whenever there's a revolution, <clears throat> whether it's industrial, whether it's technological, so things speed up and then the, the rate of change, it, it increases exponentially. But you know what, for God, none of this was a surprise. So when HaKadosh Baruch Hu was giving advice to his children, if you can't see me on the recording, I'm holding up the Torah. If God was giving advice to his children, he wasn't giving advice to his children when they were living in tents in the desert. He wasn't giving advice to his children when they were living settled at home, in homes made out of uh, stones in ancient Jerusalem. He wasn't giving advice only to his children when they were in Babylon or when they were in the Spanish Inquisition or whether they were living in Halab, in Turkey, in, uh, in, in uh, what's it called, in South America, in North America, in Cat. He wasn't giving advice to people who had smartphones in their pockets. He was giving advice to everyone and to generations that will still come after us that we, don't even, we can't even comprehend what it will look like. When space travel is not an oddity that we watch on television, but it will be the norm. There was once a time when we watched airplanes take off and we were astounded. So today, we're watching space you know, rockets take off and we're astounded. There's going to come a time where actually, why would you watch a space launch? It happens every 20 minutes, uh, you know, from, from Kennedy, from LaGuardia. You know, it's Majnun. You're going to get into a drone and fly to the space station, to the, what's a good space rocket, get from there and go to your other house, not in Deal, but in Mars. Do you understand? That's where the world seems to be going. It's just getting, it's about making it more affordable. 
whoever it's going to be. <laughs> Rabotai, the reason why I lay out this, this picture is to communicate that the Torah's messages, they needed to be eternal. And therefore, to cram all of that in five little books, to talk to a person, you know, we talk today, if someone goes on vacation, we call them a jet setter. But soon, that's not going to be the definition of a jet set. Jet set's going to mean the guy that goes vacations on another planet, okay? So since that's the case, so if God was communicating with them too, so you can't communicate so many lessons in so few words. So God employs many different methods to take the words of the Torah and make them have not just single relevance, but dual relevance, triple relevance, quadruple relevance. One of the methods that we have, aside from the 13 ways of Torah, Nidreshet Bahem, is something called Simuchot. Simuchot means when you have one idea and you place it next to another idea. And therefore, the reason why I'm telling you this next to this is in order to draw a parallel. In fact, today, if you're watching the news, hopefully it's not fake, but if you're watching the news, you know what they say? Tell you a story. They finish the story and they say, in unrelated news, you ever hear that? In unrelated news, what do I say? I'm trying to tell you, these two stories are not connected. I'm not saying, is a serial killer out on the loose? And this is my friend, Alan Amsterdam. You know, I'm not, no one's, you know, you're not doing that. Because it sounds like you're conflating, there's some sort of segue between the two. So unless you exp- express and explain that the two things are not connected, they are, and they're connected for a reason. Rabutai, the beginning of the parashah, as we described yesterday, talks about the minutia, about the focus that it requires from the Kohen Gadol in order to be able to enter the Holy of Holies, the holiest part of the Beit HaMikdash. But then it talks about afterwards, when it finishes talking about all the korbanot, it tells us that when a person is sacrificing an animal for the purposes of spirituality, so that's one type of thing. But when you're not doing what, that kind of uh, operation, if a person is just doing, they're taking for chicken, for they want to have uh, to eat something to eat, or they take a, a deer, kosher animal that's not a what's it called animal, there's a halakhav covering the blood. After the blood is spilled, we're obligated to take the earth and cover the blood of the animal. Why is this mitzvah there, Rabotai? The reason is because the blood of a human being or an animal, in it flows the power of life, the animation of life. And it is inappropriate to eat from the animal until its life force has been covered and so to speak on some level been brought to rest. I want to show you the simuchot here that lead us from one part of the parasha to the other. Part one of the parasha talks about entering into a domain which is covered. The Kodesh Kodashim. You never go in. You can't even see in. The second part of the parasha describes and talks about covering the blood, the life force of the animal before a person eats from it. But then the Torah goes into a second Kodesh Kodashim. Not the Holy of Holies in the Bet HaMikdash, but the Holy of Holies in a person's home which is the laws and the restrictions that pertain to the bedroom, where a person has a place where their intimate relationships, although seen in the world as maybe something which is a pleasure of the flesh, in Judaism, it can be and is supposed to be the holiest of holies. It's a sanctification of something which the world 
treats as something that they sell. But for us, we understand that the coming together of a husband and wife that creates a child, that creates a future, that is supposed to be the holiest place in the whole home, Rabotai. Says the Torah, I want you to understand, there's laws about how you go to the Kodesh HaKodeshim, there's laws about how and with whom a person can have those kind of relationships. Someone that is out outside of what the Torah proscribes as being someone that one could marry, that, that's not, there's, no, there's no ability to be able to have that relationship with them. Says the Torah, this segue, the simuchot is, it tells us that this place is supposed to be covered. There's supposed to be a siniut. Why? Because just like the blood of the animal cont- contains within it the life force, the purity that exists between a husband and wife, if it is not done in modesty, if it's shown all over the place, if these things are not held in the most refined way, if they're not elevated to be something that's there in the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then they can turn a person into an animal. Rabotai, I, I, I want to stress this in the, in the strongest possible terms. We understand in Judaism that this world, it was designed to give, to be a vessel for spirituality. Now we understand that a chumash and a sidur is meant for spirituality, that's obvious. But what sometimes we forget is that things that we don't think are so spiritual are actually and can be the most spiritual thing in the world. When two human beings can create a bond that only they share, nobody else, there's a faithful nature of the way that they're with one another. When they can share that with one another, it's the closest possible connection between two human beings, between a husband and between their wife. There's a covering up of that. In fact, and I always love to point this out, the Torah says in the beginning in Genesis, when a person is ready to get married, he leaves his father and his mother, and he cleaves to his wife. The word devek in Hebrew means glue. He's connected to her with a connection which is very, very strong. Why does he need to leave his father and his mother in order to do so? His father and his mother? Now you're getting married and you're going to leave them behind? What's the... The point is not that you leave them out. The point is that this new thing that you created, this new bond with your wife is one where nobody else gets in. Not your friend, not your other friend, not your brothers and sisters, I don't care how close you are, not your parents. There's a new team. And this team is you and your wife. Your wife has to come before your parents. And your husband has to come before your parents. You got to figure it out. Because, of course, you also can't disrespect your parents or hers. But the two of you have something that nobody else has. You don't share your laundry of your wife and of your, and of your husband with your parents or with your sisters or with your brothers or with your friends. There's a covering up. That's the simuchot. Because this is the blood, the life force of the relationship. is creating something which is only shared with the two of us. Today we're in a place where everything and everywhere needs to be broadcast to the world. You're on vacation with your wife. It's supposed to be time that the two of you are spending together. But thanks to Instagram, it's you and your wife and seven billion other people. That's who's on vacation with you. They don't need to know. No one else should know your business. It's supposed to be private. People are incapable today of understanding the concept of privacy. And you know what? You don't want to make your vacation, your family private, no problem. You want to be able to... And it's no problem with sharing elements. 
but that there should be something which is covered over, which is Kodesh Kodashim, where there's only one person that could go into the bedroom, there's only one person that could go into the Kodesh Kodashim, like the Kohen Gadol. It's only the Kohen Gadol. Only them. It's covered over, like we talked about, like the life force. The privacy of a relationship, of a marriage, is its life force. Because the minute you share the problems or the issues that you had with your wife with somebody else, when the two of you are ready to work it out, you've already included a third party in this fight. And you know what? Maybe now your mother, your mother won't forgive her. And she eggs it on, even though it could have already been put to sleep. Now other people are involved. Now your ego's involved. Because I told my friends, and my friends are asking me if I'm whipped because I, I, you know, I let her get away with this or with that, or I let him get away. This is private. Private. you got to cover it up. Everything that is important in life, our rabbis tell us, only has beracha when it is covered. En beracha sharui. Beracha does not rest. Ela bedavar, only in something. Hasamui min ha'ayin. It is covered over from the eyes. And I'm not talking just about the concept of ayin hara, although that is an element as well. Not even ayin hara. Even in general, there were people who through time gone, many years ago, when they would count their money, they would count and know it, and then when it would get to the last bill or two, they would stop counting, so that they didn't know exactly how much they had. Why? If I have $525 in my pocket, then for that money to be mitrabe, to be blessed, it's almost as if I need to erase a number that I know, and to create a new number. That takes a bigger miracle, if you will, than if the guy doesn't know if he has 520 or 530 or 540, and it winds up that he winds up getting it. I'm not talking about money magically appearing in your pocket. That's not what this class is, and I think you know me well enough to know that I, I'm not talking about superstitious money appearing in your back pocket without because you didn't count it. I'm talking about beracha being present in something which is not counted, which is not known. Privacy is something which is a lost art. But just because it's lost in our world doesn't mean it needs to be lost in our internal worlds. Your children don't need to know everything that dad and mom are talking about. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You don't need to know. You don't need to know. This is for your father and for your mother. There's a, an element of the privacy of the Kodesh HaKodashim which is meant to reiterate and to, to speak to the inherent privacy that is there in the relationship between two human beings who have something that nobody else has with each other. The word for that relationship in Torah is Adam yada et hava. He knew hava in a way that no one else did. And although that's the word for intimacy in the Torah, it tells a large tale that when we talk about the intimate nature of a relationship between a husband and wife, it's also spoken about in a way, in a language, with a lexicon of knowledge, of knowing someone deeply, of having an understanding of them, and in a way, an understanding in a way, uh, uh, understand them in a way that no one else in the world does. Not her girlfriends, not her mother, not her father, because you're her husband. You're the other half of her soul. May God bless us with beautiful relationships that Be'ezrat Hashem build magnificent families. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.